Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, and this is November 9th, 2019, episode 129. Glad you're joining me today. And uh, you may have noticed that over the past weeks, I've been sharing some episodes from other things. Uh, I've had some episodes that were members-only podcast episodes at one point. I've been sharing some episodes that are from some uh, some live some uh, live teaching sessions, um, and that's what I'm going to bring you today as well. Uh, today we have a, a live teaching session, the audio from that, and it's on creating and utilizing edge for abundance. And um, you know, I think it's going to be pretty good. I there was a slideshow and and some people present asking questions and making comments and things, but I edited it to where it, uh, I think if it's a podcast format, I think you'll get the gist of what I'm talking about through my descriptions of some of the slides, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So, And I think there's a lot to benefit from it on. Edge is definitely, as you'll hear me talk about in the uh, in the podcast, it's probably the thing that has done the most for my homestead as far as production-wise. It's kind of done a lot to take this homestead to the, uh, to the next level, I believe. So I think you'll get a lot out of it, and uh, we're going to be bringing some more episodes more new episodes, things that I haven't previously done. Uh, I have some interviews that we're going to be doing, and um, also uh, I just want to do some uh, updates on the homestead and what's been going on. So you'll be hearing some of that over the next few weeks. So until then, uh, though, enjoy this. And and with that, let's uh, jump into the uh, main topic here. I want to talk today about using uh, what's known as the edge effect in permaculture. It's the um, It's probably the the principle of permaculture I've taken the most advantage of because I think when you're on a small piece of property, it's that much more valuable, uh, this edge concept, this edge effect. Um, and the edge effect, what it is essentially is it's, it's concerned with increasing diversity and and productivity in your, in your system, in your, in your homestead or garden or whatever it is you're applying this principle to. And, uh, it does this by, copying emulating what we see in nature it's a phenomenon we see in nature where you have the edge is is always the most abundant uh productive area in any ecosystem and and if you really want to understand it all you really have to do is look at nature but you also see it in man-made structures as well and i'll be talking a little bit about that as we go i'll show some some pictures of some different things but you can absolutely force it into your system yourself and therefore increase the productivity the ease of use, and I even think the natural beauty of your homestead 
by using the edge effect. And we'll really get into the details of how that works and, and exactly what I'm talking about here as we go. But I, I feel like it's probably the most applicable principle. A lot of it is um, philosophical and a lot of its teachings, a lot of the principles are. I feel like this one has the most direct impact on design. Uh, when you're putting your layout together for your homestead, it's the one that has the most effect. It's the most practical. It's the one that I think most people are going to take the most advantage of. It's definitely the one I've taken the most advantage of. Like I said, especially on a smaller space, it becomes all that much more valuable. So let's talk about some examples of edge effect in nature. Um, one thing is the thick growth you get at the edge of a woods. Uh, the edges are energy traps. Uh, they get the most sunlight of any place in the woods. Of course, you know, they're on the edge, so they're, they're, they're catching, capturing sunlight, that energy. They're catching the wind energy that's coming across open fields. Um, uh, they're, they're getting uh, probably a, a difference in soil. Generally, fields have a more uh, a different soil type, so you'll have a diversity there in a soil type right at the edge of the woods. Any hunter knows that it's where animals gather. Uh, if you're going to set up like a tree stand or something for, for deer hunting, I mean, it, you have a really good chance of getting deer because they'll feed along the edges of a woods. Again, it's an active place because of the energy difference. You'll have, it's the best places to forage a lot of times for food like raspberries, blackberries, plums, apples. And uh, it's just a very abundant area. It, it also provides quick cover for animals. So it's a place they like to hang out and you get, you get a lot of activity on the edge of a woods. You also see the edge of ponds or edges in ponds or on the edge of ponds is where you see the most pond activity. And also, you also not only do you see the activity in the pond, you also see the activity on the edge of the pond. You have a lot of growth. Any fisherman knows that's fishing from the bank. It's, it's hard to find places along a bank to fish because there's so much growth along the banks of a, of a pond. Um, you have to like look for openings and things because a lot of things like to really crowd up and, and grow right at the edge of the pond because you have this, this difference in soil type. You have this, um, moisture coming off the water that's watering uh, the, the, the field or the open area. Uh, you just have this diversity, um, in soil type and energy type and it, it really causes growth and a lot of abundance on the edge of a lake. It's also a, a, the place where fish and other uh, uh, pond um, living activity in a pond gathers is on the edges. Uh, when you're, it's funny, you know, people don't like to fish from the bank, but every time you see a boat, where are they at? They're fishing, pulling out, you know, the fishermen are pulling out from the edge of the bank out because they know that's where the activity is at. The fish are on the edge. Even on open water, if you use a fish finder, uh, you'll find it's not just the deep water where you get the fish, but you'll always see a difference in elevation. And there'll be a lot of fish congregating on a fish finder right at those differences of the edges in, in deep water. So you see a lot of activity on the edges always, even inside the pond um, on the deeper parts. We also see it. Let me let me first start out by showing you that why you get a lot of that diversity of um, in in edges. Here you have two different ecosystems. The circles represent two different e ecosystems. When you have this overlap of ecosystems, what you see is you get you get a lot of the uh, the species that could be plant, animal, whatever species, even microorganism species overlapping into that into that middle area. So you get an increased activity in in the overlap. So that's one of the reasons you see such an increase in the um, the activity on the edge because of the overlap. And and the species that were in ecosystem A and in ecosystem B can both exist in the middle ecosystem. Plus you can even draw in um other uh, uh species that could not uh, or would not 
be found in either ecosystem, but that middle ecosystem will provide a place where they belong. So you're not only are you going to bring in the ones from A and B, you're also can have others that wouldn't be found in A or B. So it's a really productive, the overlap is a really productive area. Again, the edge of woods. Um, you also notice that in the edge of the woods, it's the thickest part of the woods. I mean, anybody that's ever went on hikes or foraging or anything like that in a woods, you know, you have to look for places where you can get into the woods because there's so much growth on the edge of a woods. And, and you just, you have to like barrel through a bunch of, you know, uh, whatever locust trees or anything growing thick, a lot of bushes, a lot of raspberries, a lot of thorny stuff, all growing along the edge, really thick. And, and, it, again, because of the abundance and the diversity that can be found there and the energy flow there. Again, the edge of ponds, very busy place, um, a lot of activity uh, on the edge of ponds, and you see a lot of diversity there. So, uh, and not only can it be found in nature, but we also see it in man-made structures along the edges of houses, along walkways. Uh, even when you pour semen along a road, you'll see anytime there's a crack, anytime there's an edge, you see an abundance of growth, a diversity of growth. And why is that? Well, because there's a few reasons, but for one, I mean, here's an example right here. Here's a crack in a sidewalk and you have like four different things growing right here that I can see. I, I recognize dandelion, plantain. I'm not sure if that's purslane in the middle there. It may or may not be, but if it's real small, if it is, there's a little tree or something growing beside the dandelion, all in one spot in a crack in a sidewalk. Now, why is that? Because it collects energy um you 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 notice um that it gets this diversity because again the sidewalk is nothing can grow in the semen of course but anytime right when you have that changeover into the soil you're going to have a different soil type of course from cement to soil you're going to have a a collection of of water you're collecting wind energy, which is going to blow in seeds. It's going to collect in that area. You're collecting, uh, of course, the heat sink, like I said, the thermal mass from the pavement is also going to cr create a temperature change for that soil. The water shedding that happens on that sidewalk is going to feed that soil with water. And you're going to get this diversity of growth right on the edge, all because it's an edge, all because it's an opening and because it's energy has flowed into that one open spot. So you get this, you get this flow of energy into that area. Um, now, this is what you can see throughout, I mean, anywhere. You can see this, like I said, in man-made areas. You can see this in cities. You can see this in nature, that the edges are the abundant area. So how do we take that and incorporate it into our our homesteads? Well, first we need to understand like types of edges. Um, an edge is any any change in anything that can cause an edge. It can be a physical barrier that separates one ecosystem from another, You know, such as a pond, such as a boulder, um, even man-made structures like pavers or sidewalks, um, it can be a change in elevation. It can be a cliff. It can just be a, a slight elevation change that can create this little, um, ecosystem change that can create an edge. It can be, um, a difference in temperature, which can happen from a sunlight exposure, which is also from energy. Um, it can be a soil type going from once you'll have an edge where it comes in, maybe a sandy soil or a stone area, uh, from, from good soil. You'll have this diversity that happens right there at the edge. Um, you might see it from moisture difference. Uh, we see that on the pond edge. You'll see some of that water actually soaks into the soil. You create this, this area where it goes from pond 
to a wetter soil to dry ground. And there's this diversity there. There's this difference in edge there because of the, the moisture difference. We see it in the difference in energy. Like I said, uh, difference in the heat, the temperature of the soil, different in the wind flow, different in, um, in all these things, water energy, all these energies feeding into a spot and a difference in that energy will create an edge. So you can get a, a, an edge effect with all those things. So it can also be done accomplished with something as simple as a planter box or something as complex and huge as the Grand Canyon. I mean, we see it, we see this, this edge effect happening in, in many different ways. So, um, edge is something that's absolutely doable on any scale and with, with, uh, a, a thousand different ways of doing it. Um, now some of the ways I've incorporated it, I want to, I want to, you know, basically show some pictures around my homestead and show you a few of the ways I've incorporated edge into my, uh, my homestead. Uh, I, a lot of you, if you've seen this video, my video of my doing my homestead tour, you've seen a lot of these examples, whether you recognize them as not as being edge uh, effect or not, they were there. Um, first was my, my side garden, my side yard garden here, right beside my house. This was an open area of grass and I created some edge here. I started with a fence. I put a fence in, which created an edge. Of course, my house is an edge. Um, what you can't see so well here is there's boxes around these trees. Now, this is last year's picture, so these, everything's grown up a lot more. The trees are bigger. A lot of things are bigger here, but there's boxes around the trees, which are more edge. There's pots in there, which create edge. There's actually a little where my hose and the meter is up there and stuff. There's actually an edge going in there that changes the where I actually separated the gardens from what I wanted to accomplish with other edge. So... Um, you know, it, it's accomplishing a few different things here, but there's a lot of edge there and a walkway. Now it looks like straight edges, but again, it's not straight edges because I have these openings in between the, the trees where I built these boxes around the trees that give it like a keyhole effect. Uh, there's an edge up there at an angle where I got a tree planted up at the very end. Again, this was all open area, solid grass, no edges other than the house. So I would have had one edge to work on. And instead I created all these edges where I could do an abundance of, uh, of work and uh, increasing my productivity. So that's one example of a uh, of an creating an edge on your homestead. I also did this with uh, with raised beds. Probably seen uh, in these in the video as well. This is a keyhole effect. It doesn't look like it because I have a straight edge along my gravel sidewalk, but then those are pathways between the raised beds, which is a keyhole effect. And at the back of these raised beds, what you can't see in between the raised beds are raspberry and blackberry bushes. Um, so again, you have this keyhole pathway that shoots down between the beds. So you have all the edge along the raised bed. You have the edge along the fence at the back of the raised bed and then up the other side and then across the fronts. So you have all these edges you're creating with raised beds in and out, in and out, creating a lot of edge to work with. Um, so that that's one another way. And it's a common way that people take advantage of edge. That I don't even think they realize they take advantage of that. Um, and again, me, I started putting a lot of these things in before I really got into permaculture. So maybe I didn't even have a total understanding of what I was doing. I just knew that it would create access areas for me to, uh, to be able to um, get to my garden, but not even understanding the effect of permaculture edge. And that's just it. You know, permaculture has just given definition to it and tried to understand it with their definitions. But edge effect has been being used 
even in people's gardens for for you know thousands of years. I mean, we see it in I see it in Japanese gardens. Now that I know what I'm looking for, if I ever see a video or a picture of a Japanese style garden, you'll see a lot of edge effect. They do a lot of it with straight edges, but then you'll see a lot of change in the ecosystem where they'll go from one soil type to another. They utilize ponds a lot. They they have a lot of ecosystem change within their gardens. I see it in English cottage gardens. They're really famous for using their pathways, especially meandering pathways through a garden area. So you see a lot of edge in in English cottage gardens and, and Japanese gardens that's been years, used for hundreds and sometimes thousands of years in their gardens. So it's not a new concept by any means. Permaculture has just given definition to it and tried to understand it and even taken more of that effect in nature and bringing it into the um, into the backyard garden. Uh, ponds, like as I mentioned a minute ago, are a great way to create edge effect. And you see the diversity of plants around this pond. Most of these I planted. Um, now, I had mentioned a while back about a maple tree. Now, you can't see it, but at the end of this bridge here, actually, I have another picture I'll show it to you later in. I think you can see it. There's a maple tree that I did not plant in there. It just blew in or birds put it there or something, and I let it grow. And again, it's this because it was an edge, it captured some energy. And it started growing. But you see that there's a there's a diversity of things growing here. There's some creeping Charlie in there. I didn't plant that. Uh, there There is a few things in there I didn't plant, you know, but they grow. A lot of that I did plant. But it also invites and creates energy traps on, on other things that bring it in. Uh, so a pond edge. Now, I'll talk a little bit about pond edges here in a minute also in a little different aspect. But that's another way. Uh, let's see here. Some other edges you can create. Uh of course, boxes and planters are, are going to be a change. If you have a planter box sitting on a deck, you just went from one ecosystem, which was a hard, flat surface, to a pot containing soil. You just changed your your ecosystem, and now something's growing in there. And again, you have a heat sink provided by by a, underneath of it, by a deck. It's collecting sunlight, heating up, raising temperature into that pot. Um you're not getting the flow of water from that deck into that pot, but it, there's a, there's a, there's definitely an, an ecosystem change there and it's considered an edge, a pot or a planter is considered an edge, uh, even in this, in this, uh, setup for, for a homestead. Another thing are boulders. You'll see a lot of times in wilderness and in, in nature, plus incorporated into people's yards, people will set these gigantic boulders out in the yard. It, a lot of people just use it for design. And they want to be plant some hostas around it or something like that. Absolutely. But that boulder is also acting as a heat sink uh, for, for thermal mass. It's also, um, you know, got a watershed to it that's supplying the water around it. Uh, it's actually creating a, a nook and cranny around the base of the boulder for insects and things like that. That's going to work that soil. Uh, there's going to be a, a, an increased worm activity underneath that boulder and in that garden bed. So, again, it's providing a lot of nature, a lot of uh, edge effect even in a boulder in a garden. Edges of buildings. I showed you the edge of my house. That can absolutely create an edge effect. You have, again, thermal mass. You have watershed. You you have this transition there that takes place, the, 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 the energy capture on the side of a house or side of a building, a garage, a greenhouse, anything. I utilize the sides of my greenhouses. I have, uh, I have raised beds, small, narrow raised beds, probably like 10 inches wide on each side of my greenhouse. Because why not? It's an edge. Use it, you know, and, and I had my walkway going right up that. And then I just moved the greenhouse off the walkway about 10 inches just so I could have a small raised bed there to capture that energy. Now, that wasn't that was uh, on purpose. I was thinking edge effect on that greenhouse when I built that. Uh, I had had enough of the permaculture influence at that point that I took advantage of it. Um, 
So edges of buildings is a, is a great way. Also, just green edges. Uh, I have a sunflower wall. And I was telling you about that maple tree here in a minute. Right here at the end of the bridge, you see that maple tree popping up here on the on the uh, right side of the picture. That I didn't plant. And I'm letting it grow there because I think it's just going to be a great place for a little for a little maple tree. But I've got this green wall I'm building here against my neighbor's fence. Now, these sunflowers, this picture is uh, you know, a month or so old. Those sunflowers are really thick now. Like, you can't see through there. It's solid wall of green. So, i got a, ma- a mulberry tree at one end. I've got, I've got all these uh, sunflowers. Now, I'm not taking advantage of this green wall, but it's an example of a green wall edge that you could plant along uh, that, that, again, is going to capture energy, capture um, all the energy, wind, water, uh, sunlight, and you know, capture it onto that edge right there, and you could plant along that. Now, I've got these two trellises there, but absolutely, you could just plant in the ground right along there. Something that I wish I had done was actually went between all of these or right in front of all these sunflower uh, plants. Now, it's a little late now to probably do it. I could probably still do it, but I probably won't this year, is I should have put pole beans in right in front of these sunflowers, and that would have created a trellis on this green wall. It would have created, a, you know, it would have fed them in a lot of ways. It would have uh, again, it had this thermal mass behind it that would have provided some sunlight. Uh, it would have, the rain actually comes in from that direction would have hit those sunflowers, not went across. A lot of it would have dropped straight down to the ground and actually watered the beans. Could have been a, uh, an absolutely fantastic um, green wall edge effect that I could have created there that I did not take advantage of this year. And But it's something I, I very well uh, may take advantage of in the future. So you can see another... Great example of what you could do with an edge effect using even natural things like what nature would do using a green wall. Um, how to make the most of edge. Now, there's just some examples of some edge, but how do you make the most of the edge? We talked a little bit about this already. There, For one way, there's no straight lines in there. So when you're using paths, now you can create meandering paths. Now, you didn't see a lot of that on my homestead because my paths look straight. But I'll show you in a minute some, some uh, examples of why they're not exactly straight. Uh, but a meandering path can be a great way. I have this one here that I come off the bridge and it turns and curves and twists over to where my rabbit pin is. And you can see I'm, I'm just starting to take advantage of that. Now that's, I have comfrey all on that path edge right there, but it could, but it could absolutely have any kind of vegetable growing there or any kind of, you know, food bushes, um, uh, raspberries, blackberries, anything along a path like that. Creating a meandering curving path increases the amount of space that you have on that path to plant. Um, if you take a straight path and two points, straight path, curvy path, you can greatly increase, maybe even double uh, the length of surface or path area, edge, that is, to which to plant along. Um, I have some diagrams of that uh, here. You see that a straight path here, you see the curved path, and then it, well, I'm going to show you in a minute what I've taken advantage of is the keyhole paths. The curved path and the keyhole path provide so much more edge. Uh, you can just see the, the massive amount of edge that you could plant along versus a straight path. And like I said, somebody said that in my video that I put, I said, well, you got a lot of straight edges there. It looks really nice. Well, what they don't understand is that they're not really straight edges because they have the keyhole effect. They look straight because I have like some borders there, but then they step in between them. And then there's, there's keyhole uh, gardens in between, like I mentioned with the, uh, the raised bed, uh, a few minutes ago. So you have some of that. My keyhole design, again, this is a picture from like a couple years ago. 
or no, this was actually the first of last year when I first put these trees in. I built these boxes. You see the keyhole effect? You walk down the path, you come down along the edges. It's not a real deep keyhole effect, but there is some keyhole effect there in those boxes. And I can plant, I do have things planted in those boxes around those trees that gives it more edge. The pots themselves provide a, a, an edge of which you have a difference of, of, an, of an ecosystem there. So there's the... Um, there's a difference, uh, Dave. Reminds me of the stepping stones in Japanese gardens, spaced as so to encourage a certain space of walking, but also provides tons of edge. Exactly right, and that's something else about pathways. One of the one of the benefits of the edge here is I prevent soil compaction, which increases productivity uh, of my of my garden beds. When you're not stepping on the garden bed. Uh, not only does it provide the edge for the for the growing, it provides the edge for the planting and the harvesting, giving access to the um, giving access to the uh, the uh, the edge of that of that growing area, preventing you from stepping in it, making that soil more useful, healthier, more productive. And you're, because you have access to it, you're more active in that area, which increases the productivity of it because you don't hesitate to step in there and plant something, harvest something, work that area. And those stepping stones in the Japanese gardens are the exact same way. They provide access to the gardens without affecting the productivity of the garden in a lot of ways. Again, creating edge. So absolutely right. Great point. Um, another thing that you see in edge effect is when you use the... Um, the not straight paths is in uneven planting. Now this is became an, an, a thing that, that uh, what's called square foot gardening used, but um, it actually is a meandering path in a way, a meandering, uh, you see how it's got a straight line. You have everything in rows, but then if you create this twist and turn through your, your garden bed, bed and get a little bit of interplanting in between and, and putting things in between, you actually go from 70 to 86 plant in a bed this size. And it just shows you how much you can increase the productivity by not planting everything perfectly straight and by putting things in between things, thus, thus far increasing your productivity and the activity within that bed. And it doesn't have to be the same thing. Like with me, that may be that may be some kind of a flower that brings in pollinators, or it may be just some beneficial plant that provides nitrogen for your bed. It can be anything. Uh, it could be comfrey that you're using for chop and drop. It can be anything that benefits those other plants or you uh, being put in between things to make the most of a space because you've created a, a zigzag uh, type formation like nature would. They're not, you don't see anything growing in rows in nature. Uh, you'll see all kinds of different patterns, but usually not straight rows. Um, let's see here. What's another uh keyhole oh no let's go to the let's go to the uh the herb spiral the herb spiral is a great example of increasing edge here you have a small space but you just twisted this this keyhole garden up now i had or i mean this uh, herb spiral up i had a little herb spiral back at the very back and it's where i didn't have any mulch the other day and i actually took it out because i didn't like the design of it very well and i actually put just a couple beds in there for now but i'm actually thinking i might put another one in there but design it better um, but it, it does it. You see all the edge you create in a small area by raising up and twisting, you creating a, a different micro climate mi micro uh, or a, a different ecosystem for each part of this earth spiral. Um, at the bottom, at the base, you're going to have the most moisture, um, at the top, it's going to be drier because your, your water is going to drain down. It's also going to have temperature differences on each side. You're going to have, of course, on your, your South 
depending on where you're at on the globe, I reckon. But if you're in the northern hemisphere, you're going to you're going to know that your your um, west southwest side is probably going to be your hardest, your hottest uh, south and west sides are going to be your hottest parts of that herb spiral. Your north side and your more to the east northeast are going to be your coolest parts of that of that spiral. You're going to create a completely different um, environment all the way down that, accommodating different plants. Uh, for their needs. And again, it's creating a lot of edge. So you get a lot of diversity in a, in a small space by creating this kind of edge. That's why it's such a, a great example of the edge effect uh, in an herb spiral. So um, there's some of the things you can do and it's just unlimited. There's so many things. As we walked around my property, I, I, I was just thinking of all the different edges that I've created with the fence, the walkways, the buildings, the the keyhole designs, the 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 planters, um, all the things we've done to create edge, to create growing space, and to increase our productivity uh, on a small homestead. Can this be used on a large homestead? Absolutely. It, it doesn't have to be that compact like it is on a small homestead, but it can be used on a large property just like nature uses along a, a woods edge, um, you know, a tree line. Uh, can be used along meandering paths. I got a friend who has five acres of open land and he has, I mean, there's just trees around the edge of his property. It's this five acre square piece of land. Okay. He's got a house and a barn and he got his camper sitting there. He's got a few things in the front and he's put a lot of his gardens in there, but he took his riding lawnmower and instead of mowing the whole five acres, he's went out through there and, um, mowed these meandering paths all the way through there and along this meandering path he's planting trees and he's planting shrubs and he's planting actual vegetables along this path all the way through this five acres and he if he just went out straight square and turned this way and brought it back and made these square when it had near as much but he has taken his lawnmower and just cut these you know maybe two swipes wide you know probably like a 50 60 inch path just meandering this entire five acres. It circles around, it comes around, it goes to the inside, it comes around. And he, then he took his tiller out there and just tilled out areas and then did planting every, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet along this path. And he's planted things. I love what he's doing. I love what he's doing. He's going to have such a, a, a great diversity and it's going to create this, um, this great little uh, edge effect all through his five acres. And he's using maybe an acre in the front as just this traditional garden, you know, whatever, living space. And then the, the other, he calls it the back four. He uses the back four as this, I, I don't even think he thinks of it as permaculture, but it's exactly what he's doing. He's creating this edge effect, permaculture effect um, within his back four. Uh, just by creating meandering paths and planting the way he's planting. And and he really doesn't have a lot of rhyme or reason to it. He's just planting what he feels like would look good along this path. But I'm actually I'm absolutely seeing the, the uh, diversity he's getting and the effect those things are going to have on each thing. And I've tried to explain it to him, like, look. And I've even tried to tell him, boy, if you put this here, that'll even help that even more and uh, give him some pointers and some tips. And he's taking advantage of some of that, and it's looking really good. And in five years, that property is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing and just because of what he's doing right now. So a larger property, absolutely. You could do that with a 100 acre. Um, but it's easier and more important, I think, to do on a small lot like mine, like anybody in an urban or suburban, I'd say half acre or less. I think this is probably the most important permaculture principle you can start applying to your homestead to really take advantage of that um, of that space and make the most out of it, increase your productivity, increase the use of your property, access to your property, access to plants, to improve your soil, 
and to bring in uh, the most beneficial um, energy to your homestead. Again, it creates an energy trap in all these areas, and it, it, it just brings in a good energy to your – that sounds a little woo-woo-ish to say it like that. But I'm saying – I'm not talking spiritual energy. I'm talking sun, wind, water, energy trap this creates uh, in, all, in all these areas. So it, it's an absolutely important part of the homestead. If you have anything to, to add to this – on a larger scale, David, I know you're on a little bit bigger property. Uh, do you see the edge effect being something that is maybe it's not something intentional, but you see it as being a, a part of your homestead in a way that that uh, is beneficial? I mean, I know I think you have a woods at the back end of your property. You probably see a lot of edge effect there. You probably see animals, deer, things like that gathering at the edge of that property. You have, probably have a diversity of of um, of growth there. Um, <laughs> not so woo woo to say energy. You, you, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make, clarify, you know, some people take energy and they think this, I don't know, they, they take it into the different kind of way of thinking, but that's not the way I meant it. It is an energy that's a natural energy. Um, but I do think that anybody, if you really pay attention, even if it's not intentional, you see this, you see this flow of edge effect being taken a place all around you on a property, even if it's not in, in, intentional. Okay, you guys are doing a lot of the the uh, the meandering paths or mowing paths uh, in your transformation. Yeah, I think it's a great great way to do it. Yeah, when you did the overhead uh, view of your property for your presentation, uh, that I seen a lot of what you were doing there. And you had your outbuildings are providing edges. You had pathways. I seen you had some tree lines and things. All of this creating edge effect. That yeah, I think that's a. You look like you had a. Uh, a great amount of, of edge effect, restoring ecology. That's absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's an exercise in that. So yeah, I think that whether you even intentionally do it or not, edge happens, but you can really add to it by just putting some input into it and really increasing that edge that's going to uh that's going to um increase that edge and and bring in those those energy flows. Pond. And I'm going to extend the pond this year, but with an island in the middle. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the set I was going to when I talk about ponds. Um there is an, actually a diagram. Like you can take a perfect circle pond, okay, and it's taking up this much area. But you can take that same pond and you can design it with a flow of in and out, in and out, all around the edge. And now you just increase doubled possibly the edge effect of that pond by by making it a meandering pond all around the edge. And when you do that, and you're talking about increasing the, putting an island in the middle, again, creating edge in the middle. Anytime you create an edge in the pond, that's life. And that's where the life congregates in that pond. It's where you're going to get the microbiology. Uh, it's where you're going to get the vegetation that's going to kind of take advantage of that, that, that gradual incline up to, to dry land. Uh, you're going to see the actual land difference, soil type difference, the saturation of water, all that. You're creating edge and all that life. So the more edge you can even create with a pond, again, bringing in a lot of edge effect with a pond. I didn't do that so much with my little pond. My little pond's kind of got like this kidney shape to it. But I do have a little river that flows into it, too. Again, creating some edge effect on that little river as well. So, yeah, ponds are a great way to add edge effect to your property, even if it's a small backyard pond. So, that's great. I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of that in your your picture of your property. A lot of that does that, that edge effect. And I think, like I said, even if somebody doesn't do it intentionally, it's there. You can just do little things that increase it and make it more more of a usable space. Uh, and everything else. I have stones in that pond. Yeah, I do. I, it's matter of fact, it's about three fourths full of large stones that are again, creating edge, creating trap. Uh, yeah, good point. Stones inside the pond create it. Um, there's a lot of folks, uh, there's, I went fishing at a place 
at a reservoir here north of us a little bit with a friend and at the back it's actually a friend of his property the end back of his property is actually at this really large reservoir um and uh so it's private access to the reservoir right there well his friend had actually um when he was cleaning out his property uh the the lake had been down we had a really uh, heavy drought year and the lake had been down several feet so he had a lot of lake that was revealed that year i mean an open area where it was really dried out and he went out there and made some took all of his brush piles and put them in that pond and created these hump brush piles that when the lake is full you can't see but what did they do it, it created a place for fish together around the, and that's why he did it for fishing and he knows where they're at so he knows not to get his lines caught and stuff but again it created this edge where fish Fish gather around that 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 pile of, of debris that he put in that in the pond and created an edge where it brings in life and it you know little bluegill are laying their eggs around that they're they're swimming around that um, you could do the same thing with stones like you're mentioning bringing in ball or rocks putting them in a pond creates an edge just like what you would see on a fish finder if you're out in a out on a big lake you'll see these edges you'll see growth of vegetation you see all these things in the lake that provide edge which is where you see the life. It's where every fisherman wants to fish right along that edge, the edge of the lake or the edge of a, of some raised in elevation or some thing that's in the pond uh, or, or river or any place. Again, life's on the edge. So I think you get the concept. You've got a pretty good grip on this, David. I hope some others will benefit from understanding edge a little bit. Start really thinking about some ways to incorporate it onto your homestead, because again, I just think it's super valuable. I think it's just one of the most valuable things you can add. But yeah, I just think it's something folks need to understand more because uh, it's transformed my property. I could not, I could not do half of what I'm doing on my property if it wasn't for the edge that's on my property. If I just went around and created standard garden beds and went around the edge, might just box it in here and there. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get half of the productivity uh, that I have on my property and it wouldn't look near as nice either. I love the incorporation of nature into even a small backyard, um, that, uh, that it brings and it just looks more natural. It looks beautiful. And it's way more productive. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I think you'll get a lot out of that. If you apply those things to your homestead and really make a conscious effort to, uh, to work on edge and utilize edge, uh, to its uh, maximum potential. It's just amazing what it can do uh, for upping your production and, and really just doing a lot for your homestead in a lot of other ways. So hope you enjoyed that. And uh, again, we'll be bringing more episodes to you, uh, more current episodes, things that aren't from the past, things that I haven't done before. And I think you're really going to enjoy those as well. Uh, I have a couple people lined up for interviews and um, also, I just want to do an episode on kind of what happened, where we went for a couple months there, uh, three months, didn't do an episode. And most of you, I think, know, I think a majority of you probably know what happened, but I'd like to talk about that a little bit more detail on an episode and uh, kind of tell you about the plans going forward and, and why I decided to even start back up in the, in the first place. So, um, we'll be talking about that more on future episodes, but until then happy homesteading and God bless.